Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Music Survival Guide podcast. As ever, I'm joined by Phil. Hello. How are you doing, mate? I'm good. Sorry. I was really distracted. I was typing just as you were trying to make me talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. I'm alive. It's alive? Uh, Wow. It's been a really fun week working away, but uh, I'm very, very glad to, to have some more sleep. So, yeah. And you come, you come down with the cold, haven't you? Yeah, I'll be, yeah, I think it's probably best to put that as a disclaimer that if I sound a tad honky, it's, uh, it's cold related. You always sound honky to me, don't worry. That's rude. <laughs> Got no comeback to that. So, so what are we talking about this week, Jay? So this week we are talking about recording demos. Yes, we are. Um, so demos are an interesting thing um, because back in the, the, the good old days, as we like to call them, um, bands demoed a lot so they you know you'd be going to spend i don't know half a year in the studio you'd have time to do some rough demos and sort of get some ideas out and it's something that with the sort of advent of home recording and everyone having access to recording material and recording tools that's the word um it's become an easier thing to do but is it actually still necessary or important what what is the point of it yeah, I think it's an interesting thing that you raise there that, like many terms we've discussed before, it's something that has has changed drastically over time. The role of what, in inverted commas, a demo is now is totally different to what it would have been, you know, 10, 20, or even 30 years ago. It's, it's completely changed. If you even look at uh, what is a, a demo now, it can range from a voice note on your phone to uh especially in like the nashville country writing scene so those demos sound near as damn it the the perfect thing because they're something they're wanting to pitch and they kind of want it to sound the best as possible so yeah what i think is good for us is to run through the different types of demos what is beneficial or if you should even bother in the first place pretty much <laughs> so I guess the first thing to think about is um, what is it for? What is your, your demo for? Um, so I guess if you're doing a, a voice note or something like that, then it's it's a really kind of basic, almost like an aid to memory in a way. Um, it, it could be as, as simple as that. You've got this amazing refrain, you're starting to put it together and you just don't want to forget it. Um, <laughs> that's a great way of... of, of I was going to say writing it down, recording it literally, um, and keeping a memo of of what you have done. Um, but that is a very different prospect, as Joe said, to like a more a, a full on demo, almost like a reference for what you're doing in the studio. Yeah, I think the for some for some artists certainly, demoing is their primary way of writing, especially if they're kind of a self producer or they kind of work in something that's more electronic music based, then without demoing, without using a DAW or music software, then there is no way of getting their ideas down. It's not uh, two guitarists, one bass player, drummer, singing live in a room. Although like, I'm not saying mm. there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just saying for, for some artists, a demo is almost something that is a foundation they can build upon to create the final thing. Yeah. So it, it can be a a format from which you develop ideas. So 
studio time is not cheap and it's it's not like it was um i know we keep saying that kind of thing um you don't necessarily have limitless time in the studio to experiment um if you go in with a sort of clear idea of, of the ideas you want to get down and the i don't know the riffs and the melodies and harmonies and things um demoing is a great time to experiment with that kind of thing it's a great time to work out what you do and don't want in a song um to really kind of push the boundaries of what you're doing um but another thing you could use it for um is if you're working with a producer and they want to get a feel for what the song should sound like if you've got something like a zoom recorder everyone seems to have a zoom recorder nowadays and you're rehearsing as a band in a studio in the room just plonk it in the room it'll be a really raw really rough and ready demo but whoever is recording you if you're doing that they want to know exactly what you sound like in in a rehearsal situation yeah it's it's also a really good indication for live as well so you'll kind of get a really good perspective of kind of roughly what the what the live sound will be like also something i want to highlight is it doesn't necessarily have to be like a zoom recorder do it as a voice note on your phone it's mm. just it voice notes are remarkably good for just something you can kind of just sling on your phone find a goodish middle area where everyone can be heard and do it that way. I do that with pre-production all the time. I was only doing it two weeks ago. I'm, I'm heading into the studio with a band called Rivia who are from Liverpool and everyone should go check them out. But I was doing pre-production with them, went to the rehearsal room and I just made voice notes. So I'd do a voice note. They'd kind of play through the song that they want to do. And then I'd kind of, you know, say, oh, well, maybe can we try this? Can we change this? You know, can we maybe try adding this section? And then they'd play through it again and then I'd make a second voice note. And then along with my written notes on my notepad, I now have a constant reference of the things that I've changed and I can look back on, not in the heat of the moment, not worrying about wasting rehearsal time. And I can kind of collect my thoughts and, and send it on to the band at a later point. It's, yeah, it's... There's no excuse, really. Pretty much everyone mm. can make a voice note in that capacity. And there, when you're in a band and when you're in the middle of playing a song, you obviously tend to focus more on what you're playing. Um, but doing a demo or even doing a voice note, kind of whatever form your demo takes on, um, is a great way of getting a sort of clear overview of what is actually happening across the song. Um, so you could have an absolutely fantastic uh, part for your, your instrument, but if it's clashing with something else that's playing, it's it's no good to anybody. It's just going to ruin the song rather than help it. Um, so demoing is, a, is also a great time to kind of work out um, if what you're playing actually supports the song or if it works against it, which sometimes it does, which can be an awkward conversation, but there we are. There's something that can be said for doing the voice note over over a great sounding demo, purely because production can sometimes get in the way of a song or it can mask potential areas that really need to be worked on. You can kind of go, oh, okay, you know, this guitar part's got insane amounts of delay on it and you don't really notice anything else. And then when you get in the studio and you start getting to the nitty gritty of it, you go, oh, that doesn't quite work. Whereas with a voice note, there's no hiding behind the production. You've got to go, oh, that chorus works or oh, this section, although, like you mentioned before, you could be in the room and you're playing it and it feels really great. And then you listen back to the voice note and you go, oh gosh, that four minutes of the same riff really starts to grind on you after 16 <laughs> seconds. 
So it's got, it's really, really good perspective because you can't hide behind anything. Mm. And it's a it's a great moment, especially when you're when you're doing it sort of live in a room. Um, it's a great moment to what to work out what extra elements you might want to add, and it might it might be sacrilege to some, but you can on a recording have instruments that aren't necessarily in your band. Um, so you could have some keys if you're like a traditional rock band, and that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. Controversial statement. I, by the way, <laughs> have a great weird anecdote i don't really know where this has come from um but i went to see i think it was Alterbridge um in a in a stadium and there was this metal band on in a support band i have no idea who they were but they were australian and they were a sort of traditional metal band and i was like oh yeah they're okay and then he brought out a didgeridoo <laughs> <laughs> and th- <laughs> there was a didgeridoo solo in a metal song and it was phenomenal it was does it do more than one note uh well yeah now you put it that way maybe maybe (laughs) a solo is a a drone it's probably more accurate but i guess what i'm trying to say is demoing is is a is a great moment to really think outside the box um so most if you're doing it in the computer um you know production can be a hindrance there but at the same time um you have in most uh, DAWs uh, a sort of suite of um, MIDI instruments to experiment, um, and they maybe won't sound very good, but they'll give you a good idea of what it'll sound like in the in the mix of the song. Mm. Yeah, I think to highlight something you were saying as well earlier is studio time is pretty limited, and demoing is a great way of kind of working out things that could be potential time wasters in in the future it's it's a bad example but the session that i've just come from was 10 days and we just did five drum tracks and those sessions are so rare where you have basically two days per one drum recording to get stuff done they are pretty much you know, unicorns in the industry now. <laughs> and I imagine the people who are going to be listening to this are going to want to be doing two songs per day in the studio or, you know, one song per day. So there's nothing worse than getting into the studio and finding out that you go, oh, well, this guitar part actually clashes with this other one. And then with everyone watching, the guitarist or bass player or, you know, person who's doing the harmonies or whatever has got to sit there and go, oh, that note doesn't work. Oh, that note doesn't work and they're expected to almost kind of come up with the the big hook on the spot with the pressure of everybody watching and knowing that that is awkward yeah that the longer you take the more money is being wasted away so doing a demo can really iron out all those issues before you hit the studio Mm. another good uh, reason to do a demo is that you can use it as a great uh, practicing and rehearsal tool so say you've done your demo in your daw and you've done it to a click then you can export it and you can give each and every band member a different version of each song so you can just mute their parts in the song and then give them everything else and that is a great and very simple way to let them rehearse on their own because like joe said uh studio time is very much money and <laughs> not knowing your part is going to waste your time and your band's time um so if you come in super prepared with your parts you are going to be the best friend to everybody there 
It's also that extra credit as well, is if you export those stems and use them as guide tracks when you get into the studio. Ooh. That it's going to be so much more inspiring for your drummer to, you know, record to someone who's actually, you know, practiced and recorded the guitar parts and you're happy with them and they're kind of roughish the tones that you want to do rather than a, oh, bugger, we need to just quickly record the, you know, uh, guitar part DI just so he's got something to play along to. It's going to be a damn side more, more, uh, more familiar as well. If he's been practicing along to those stems and then it, those are the stems he records to, then it's going to be a much, you're going to get much more from the session. Yeah. And if you, if you have in your band, if you can sort of breeze through the, the sort of basic tracks, you'll have more time in the studio to do more interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so the really fun stuff you can do in the recording studio is the weird and wonderful bits you can add to your song and the little sort of effects that you can sort of spend time doing. And if you're a really well rehearsed and practiced band, you will have time to do that kind of stuff. But if you don't necessarily know your parts, you might just have time to record the basic tracks. And yeah, I think the more the more time you can spend doing the more fun, creative stuff in the studio rather than just getting down the basic stuff, the more fun it will be for you. Also, I would like to add a word of warning, though, and it's a phrase I'm sure most people are familiar with, is demoitis. You've got to be careful with, I know, being familiar with the songs before you hit the studio, but also being open to the songs changing once you get in them. There can be a sensation where if you just keep on listening to the song and then that song becomes, that ideas become reinforced in your head. And then once you hit the studio, you know, you've got a producer or engineer or whatever who you're paying quite a lot of money for and probably quite a big studio to to add their input to it they're obviously going to want to suggest some changes so although doing demos are good be aware or be prepared to accept that there might be some changes to it when you get in the studio yeah and you know this is sort of slightly moving on the topic a bit but if um if you find yourself in the studio and there's there's a producer suggesting ideas, you know, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? Don't just say no. The temptation is, you know, you have kept this song for, it could be even be years, and you know the song inside out, and you know, who is this person who hasn't heard the song until yesterday? Why, why are they suggesting things? Genuinely, they, they want to make the song the best it can be, um, and that is what they are there to do, um, as well as record it. Um, and they're trying to suggest things that will make it just more exciting to listen to. And my genuine suggestion would be try it and then listen to it. And then you can decide if you like it or don't. If you spend time Mm -hmm. arguing about, you know, whether X guitar part is a good idea or not, again, you'll have just wasted time um, and you'll just be left with less time and it won't be as fun. I can't speak for anyone else, but I know my technique with that is if I think of something that could change or a part that could be added... I always, I'll always ask the band just to humour me. So it's just for the sake of, you know, can we just try it once? If it doesn't work, then, you know, doesn't matter, move on, go back to the way you had it. But if it does work, and there have been occasions where, you know, I'll hold my hands up and the idea sounded absolutely dreadful. But there's also <laughs> been occasions where the idea has then become the main hook of the song and everything's now moved around it and the band, you know, are mega enthusiastic about how the song's changed. So it's just being open to that, you know, extra minute of experimentation you mean to say you don't sneak into the studio late tonight and just record all the extra parts yourself 
<laughs> Shocking. Is that a practice you've done? I no. <laughs> I, anyway, I'm, I mix rather than record. So there we are. I just do it. I just do it when no one's looking when they're mixing things. <laughs> I just tuck it in. Yeah, no, I don't do that. So we've talked about maybe the practical uses of. Maybe not so much the practical, but the obvious uses of a demo for recording and they will become the final thing. But when making notes on this topic, I kind of thought there might be some slightly left field things you can use it for. So one thing I've thought of is if you don't have any official releases out there, and by that I mean stuff that's published on Spotify and Apple Music, a demo is a great way in kind of building some some momentum for your band, a way to, you know, get some gigs as far as i'm aware a lot of the bands that i've spoken to in the past is they kind of want to get gigging before they do recording obviously recordings are you know a priority because they want something out there but they also kind of want to get a feel that's the exciting thing especially for like rock and indie rock genres they want to get up on stage and play and it's difficult unless you know someone or have the direct contacts contacts even to to get those support slots or get those uh get those slots at like open mic situations but if you kind of have a demo no matter how rough it is you can kind of send it to people and you go oh okay cool i see you're a metal band i know another metal band i can put you on with you might be bottom of the run and you might only get to play one song or whatever but it gets your foot on the ladder and then you can kind of get to know more people and get better gigs etc but unless you have that you're kind of just sending it to people and you're going, hey, yeah, we're a metal band. And then the promoter's almost got to kind of trust that you're a metal band and you're not going to turn up and do, I don't know, unpar covers of ABBA because there's <laughs> nothing absolutely stopping you from doing please, that. Please tell me you know of an unpar ABBA band. Oh, I do know of an unpar cover band, yeah. <gasps> you do? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah no. Uh, Send me that link. They are... Send me that link. Okay, I will. <laughs> I will do. I've seen them live a few times as well. I right. may or may not put a link in the show notes. I may or may not. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if it's. If I don't it, know I if think. they're still going. I'll be totally honest because it has been. When was it? It's coming up for six years now. I'm sure there are YouTube clips. <laughs> so probably, I've probably few got. I've probably got videos on my old phone. If I'm entirely honest, I'm so keen for this. <laughs> anyway, um. <laughs> Another use that's actually popped into mind um, for a demo is um, there's a really big scene, which you may or may not know about, called Tech Metal. Do you know about Tech Metal, Joe? I, I'm, I'm aware of a tech... I, I, I did a sixth EP, mate. I know what Tech Metal oh, all is. All right, all right, all right. Okay, <laughs> to your point. So it's, anyone who doesn't know is, is like prog, but more complicated. Like prog metal, but more... Um, is genuinely how I would describe it and I've seen a few tech metal bands live and they almost to a T will bring a laptop with them and a small audio interface and they will send mm. backing tracks to the, the desk to be played out because they have really complicated music and there's usually more instrumentation going on than there are members of the band so that is another good use, I guess, of a demo. So if you are just starting out um, and you, you want to do that kind of music and you've got these ideas, um, then in doing a, a demo for the studio, you have got some backing tracks that you can use. And obviously, once you've come out of the studio at the end, you can use those and they'll probably be higher quality. But in the meantime, you have something that you can use at a gig. Yeah, I think that also stretches to the type of artists we were talking about earlier who maybe more electronic based and 
don't have the band members to kind of, you know, they might be a one person operation, but they've kind of, you know, they're triggering different synths or different pads using MIDI and stuff like that, then almost doing demos and having those so you can perform live is, is a necessity because although it might be great that you're, you've released one song, most of your, your set is going to have to be more than one song or you might want to do covers. So kind of having demos of, of the backing tracks to use in that scenario is, yeah, it's mandatory in that mm. in that situation. Another sensation that I don't think is is a relatively new one because I think if you look at the huge bands like Pink Floyd, etc., they've they've made an absolute fortune from this. Is people are really interested in the demos of original stuff, so people do want to hear how the original version of Dark Side of the Moon sounded, or even if it's like your local band or whatever, people, if they're a fan of your music, they're a fan of seeing what the difference is. They all kind of want to know what the original version was like, what changes went into the studio. And there's a there's almost a sense of tribalism towards it. A really great example of that, I think, is Arctic Monkeys' first album, their debut album. Uh, its name escapes me. I think it's Whatever You Say I Am. That's that, what I'm not. That's what I'm not. That's what I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I was going to get roasted by some Arctic Monkeys fans. If I, I grew up that. in Leeds, people were mental for that. <laughs> but that's the thing. Everyone went mental because obviously it was a great album, but there were two versions. There's the original demo tapes they did that some of their fans still reckon are better, is better than the, you know, the fully produced album that they did with GM Abyss. But, you know, they, they're obsessed with how the original sounded. So having those original demos is not only great for the fans but it's also great for social media content so you can kind of use it as a as a stopgap between if you're having a quiet period where you're not releasing music for a bit you kind of go oh okay well here's how the original demos were you know release them for free on soundcloud or whatever and it's great for getting people engaged with your music before you potentially start winding up to release new music I may have to seek out that Arctic Monkeys demo because I'm interested, actually, <laughs> genuinely. Um, so another thing you could use that for is you could use it for if you've got something like Kickstarter or if you've got something like Patreon, then it's just those little bonus bits of content that you can throw out for your fans. Because um, I think we said that in episode two or three, I can't remember right now, um, about ways to kind of release your, your music. Um, that Patreon especially... Um, requires a lot of content and so it requires you to be very organized and planned with with what you're going to release and so demos and things like that are a great kind of tool in your in your toolbox it's not really what i mean you know what i mean um and i guess i'd also add that if you're depending on the kind of band you are depends on the kind of demo you can release so if you're some really i don't know um I'm just trying to think of, of a genre. Gosh, uh, if you're some really uh, kind of technical metal band, sure, why not? Um, then that demo you've done where you've got one mic in the rehearsal room probably won't cut it because it'll it'll sound like mm. a blur. But if you're some punk band or if you're a sort of traditional hard rock band, that might be really cool. That might be a really cool thing to listen to that your fans would be interested in, just your kind of rehearsal sound. Totally. There's also a great avenue for... You could release the demos of stuff that you never have an intention of releasing. Like, these are the songs that didn't make the album. Because you never know what will, people will come back and go, 
oh my God, that song's amazing. And that could be the, the next single that you should do. Always having that kind of content is great for just generating buzz around your band. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're, they're eternally releasing Jimi Hendrix albums now, aren't they? Because of just every last scrap of material that he recorded in demos. Yeah, but that's the whole point. Everyone, everyone loves that type of thing. So oh, yeah. having those archives of your original stuff is almost future-proofing yourself for, you know, I sincerely hope that if you're listening to this that you do get to the Jimi Hendrix fame levels and, and notoriety for being one of the greatest musicians of, of his century. But when you do get there, you will have the original demos to kind of go, here's the anthology box set that gets you a few more million quid. And if you die young, people can still make money <laughs> off your name. How lovely. <laughs> I was trying to think of it as a nicer way. But it... <laughs> Maybe I'm just a cynic. <laughs> oh dear. So I think that leads us quite nicely on to next week's episode. Oh, what are we, what are we discussing next week, Joe? So we're doing our first challenge <gasps> where we will be going head to head. It's going to be re- it's going to be competitive. I'm going to win. Well, we'll see. So, do you want to outline what the challenge is going to be? Yes. So, um, we are going to do what we have lovingly titled the Home Studio Setup Challenge. So, we are going to give ourselves. I think it was a thousand pounds. Yeah, thousand pounds. We agreed. Um, uh, other currencies may vary. Um, yeah can't do a conversion sorry um so we're gonna give ourselves about a thousand pounds to spend on a a home studio setup um so we're gonna take different genres um so it'll probably create a slightly different approach should be interesting Mm -hmm. um so i'm gonna take more of a sort of hard rock metal kind of side of things and you are gonna take i'm gonna take from where you start off to pretty much the other end of the spectrum towards indie pop indie pop so we're going to see what gear we pick and how we'd approach that and I think it'll be a really really interesting episode um, I'm actually quite excited for it um, I've started to mm-hmm. do a little bit of, of research into what I'm thinking so we'll, <laughs> we'll see what we end up with I think the overall aim of it is is for that price because I'm aware it's not an insignificant amount of money but for that price you should have something that you can release onto Spotify and Apple Music or you have the ability to record, potentially send to someone like myself or Phil to do mixing and then release and record and it will sound like pro level on Apple, Spotify and you'll have a successful career, etc, etc. And a happy life. Yeah, so it's going beyond slightly just the basic demo, really. Yes, although, although it is tools that you can use to make a demo, obviously. 100%, 100%. Because who knows, the demo could be the, the finished product. That has Ooh. happened before. It has happened before. Mm-hmm. So, recording demos, um, they, are, they are a great idea. Um, in short, they have a multifaceted use, both before, during, and after the, in inverted commas, proper recording of your song, as we have covered. Um, if I'm honest, I think there's, there's too many avenues for me to kind of sum up um in a short way but yeah as i say they're useful kind of before during and after um the recording phase joe do you have a handy three or four points you normally do i think i think a great way to summarize it is you no longer have an excuse to not do a demo if someone asks you for a demo you've pretty much 
got no excuse to not do one, even if it's a voice memo on your phone. It has countless reasons for and benefits for doing it. You can use it to get gigs. You can use it to get studio time. You can use it for just working on your songwriting. Yeah, there's there's really no excuse anymore. Do uh, it today. And yeah, do it today. And if you ever have any demos and you want to send them uh, to myself or Phil, I'm sure I'd be happy to hear them. Yeah, love hearing demos. So you can, uh, I'm going to guess our emails are in the show notes. Our emails are in the show notes, but what are our emails? Yeah. Can you remember both of them? Oh, Oh, uh, challenge. no, <laughs> I can no. remember mine. I can't remember yours. I can remember yours. How insulting. Yours is joe at nevisaudio.com, is uh-huh. it not? And mine yeah, is phil is. at vortisoundstudios.com. Okay, I will, um, I will make a mental note of that for next I'm time. I'm the better friend. <laughs> Says the person who said I had a honky voice. Well, uh, the evidence speaks for itself. <laughs> and on that note, we will see you next time. Take care. Bye.